So I'll go ahead. I got it keyed up. Got it good on that, keying them up so you don't have to wait. While I'm hitting all these doggone buttons on this uh on this remote. Alright, here it goes. Corrupt governor plans to pardon the murder. That's the title. First of all, he's bragging that the Texas Parole Board is nothing more than a rubber stamp. Hold on, hold on. Start to play before. Right. Family and fellow soldiers, I'm the professor, and this is the moment of truth. Don't know if you heard, but Texas autocrat Greg Abbott is reportedly planning to pardon a white man who killed a BLM protester. Now, a lot of the lead paint slurping morons who come around here keep asking why the new voices of black media talked about the Kyle Rittenhouse mass shooting. These nitwits said that it didn't matter because there were no black people who were killed in that incident. To them, this is what counts as some sort of being pro-black, when actually it's being pro-foolish. They say that even after they're shown video where Rittenhouse is watching some black people running in and out of a store, and Rittenhouse says he wished he had his assault rifle. Now, when he went to Kenosha, he was pointing his gun at black protesters. He went there with the idea that he was going to be going after some black people. And it just so happened that there were some white guys who got in his way. But that doesn't change his motivation. So now in Texas, you have a white man who was found guilty of killing a white BLM protester a couple of years ago. From what I understand, this guilty killer hasn't even been sentenced yet. He's just been convicted. Apparently, they didn't have any crooked judges in Austin who were going to get him out of this one. So in comes Greg Abbott. Governor Abbott says that he's recommending that the Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles determine that he has the authority to grant this convicted murderer a pardon. See, in Texas, he can't just do it arbitrarily. He first has to get the Board of Pardons and Paroles to sign off on it first. But because these white supremacists are too stupid for code, Abbott's already given the game away because he said he looks forward to approving the board's pardon as soon as it hits his desk. First of all, he's bragging that the Texas Parole Board is nothing more than a rubber stamp committee for whatever he wants. Otherwise, why would he be so certain that the Parole Board would be willing to go ahead and do something as unprecedented as give the governor authority to give a pardon to a man who hasn't even been sentenced? What makes him think that they would be willing to sign off on that unprecedented act? Why does he seem so confident as if he already knows? It also means that the white right have run out of asinine message legislation like banning critical race theory and other imaginary problems. And now they're just going to move on to openly advocating for and promoting white nationalist violence. Abbott himself has already gone on record celebrating the verdict in the Rittenhouse mass shooting trial. This man is in a wheelchair, mind you, and yet being disabled and infirmed didn't stop him from competing to see if he can out-racist the racists and out-crazy the crazies. It just goes to show that these performative extremist stunts that have been going on in these red states are not just political stunts. This is their political platform. And since they've already tried to galvanize their base with phony outrage and non-existent threats, since they've already tried and failed to boost their base by passing message legislation against black history, against Twitter, against woke, this, that, and the third, this is what they want to go to next. For a killer whom there's no doubt whatsoever he committed the crime. Abbott's not saying that, well, I disagree with the verdict, but this is the only system we have, etc. You know, the kind of stuff that the white right always says whenever they tell black people, oh, you didn't like the verdict, we'll just get over it. Instead, Abbott's demanding that the verdict be what he wants it to be. 
He's not respecting the verdict of the public. He's not respecting the laws. He's not respecting the courts. Abbott's saying that he's going to pardon this killer, and he hasn't even reviewed the evidence in this case, by the way. This is not even the pretense of the rule of law. This is flat-out declaration of rule of man and the white man in the case of Abbott. So for the people with their IQs in the single digits, here's your proof that Texas justice simply means white power. And you know what? I think this is a good thing. People need to understand that the white supremacy that we're fighting against wasn't just about Trump. People figured that they could give back to watching TV full-time after Biden was elected, but the white supremacists are showing that just like when the Confederacy was crushed, they're determined to kill as many people as they can on their way out the door. Just to make sure that as many people as possible could see it, Abbott went on Twitter to post that he was going to deliberately circumvent the law to let someone go who he knew to be a killer. There was some fool in the comments who had asked how Abbott can consider himself a Christian for doing something like this. White supremacists don't worship God. They worship themselves. Their religion isn't Christianity. It's white supremacy, which can only exist through the use of rampant, unchecked violence. The operative term there being unchecked. When the white supremacists start being subject to the law, they don't have power anymore. So that's what this is about. Make no mistake, this is a desperation play. This is a play of frustration on Abbott's part. Remember, for the last few years, these right-wing lunatic Republican legislatures have passed laws making it legal for motorists to hit protesters with their car. Though I would imagine that if somebody decided to hit some pro-life protesters who were demonstrating outside of an abortion clinic, none of those Republican state legislatures would sanction that. Everyone recognized that these laws were actually an open invitation to commit vehicular homicide. That was the point. Now, in this case, the convicted murderer that Greg Abbott wants to see set free he saw a protest downtown. He could have driven around it, but he chose not to. And when he drove into the crowd, what he claimed was that he saw someone pointing a gun at him, so he had to shoot the man dead. Well, a jury didn't buy his lie. Keep in mind, this is a Texas jury that didn't buy his lie. And there was good reason for that. This murderer, just like Kyle Rittenhouse, had been caught saying that he wanted to shoot protesters. This murderer in Texas posted social media comments saying, I might have to kill a few people on my way to work. In June of 2020, he sent a message to a friend saying, I might go to Dallas to shoot looters. See, Kyle Rittenhouse was caught on video saying similar things. That is, weeks before he went and killed two people in Kenosha and nearly killed a third. But in this case in Texas, there was an honest judge who was on the bench. So unlike with the crooked judge in Kenosha, this time, this judge allowed this killer's premeditated comments to be admitted as evidence. And that was a large part of what put him in prison where he belongs. What Greg Abbott is doing is a clear abuse of power. It's unprecedented. Pardons are for people who didn't commit a crime. Pardons are for people who did not do what they were convicted of. Notice the wording I used. I didn't say it's for people who are quote-unquote innocent. Innocent covers a wide variety of things, extenuating circumstances, that kind of stuff. That's what the appeals process is for, by the way. Pardons are for cases where the only evidence was circumstantial. Witnesses who were shown to be liars. Cases where nobody could actually prove that the accused did it, but they were imprisoned anyway. In this case, there's no doubt that the killer committed murder. He was caught on video doing it. And he also gave a basic confession to the police about it. There's no doubt that he deliberately put himself into a position where he could follow through on his threats to shoot protesters. 
After Rittenhouse, though, the white right convinced themselves that, see, everyone's on board with us. Everybody wants us to go kill these BLM protesters. They didn't understand that that was just a wild anomaly with a crooked judge and a half-hearted prosecutor. They tried it in Texas, Texas of all places, and it failed, which just goes to show Texas is nowhere near as red as the white right would like to believe. So the right wing nuts on the white right are seeing that their invitation to kill protesters with someone's car isn't going to work. And now they've had a case where this guy killed a BLM protester and was convicted of murder and was sentenced to prison. Obviously, the only reason Abbott cares about this case is a some sort of satanic virtue signaling about BLM. The enemy is watching the trend, and they're seeing the same pattern that they saw with the thugs in blue. It looked like for a while white power could hold the line and ensure racial immunity from prosecution, but that failed eventually, and they pulled out all the stops to prevent any of them from going to prison, but that eventually failed too. So now they need these irregular forces of white supremacy to try to hold the line, or at least to strike some sort of half-brained blow for white supremacy. We'll continue with the moment of truth in just a moment, but first, a word from the official sponsor of Black Empowerment, Power Tools. There's no telling when something's going to come up, so make sure you carry your power tools at all times. You never know when you're going to need to bring the hammer down or when you'll have some trash that needs to be blown away, or some obstacle that requires cutting down. Don't get caught empty-handed. Keep your hammer close by. Keep that leaf blower at the ready. And always carry your steel. Power tools. Because no matter what your day job or side hustle may be, there's no excuse for not being ready to put in some work. But the juries aren't playing along. And the judges are increasingly unable to prevent these race soldiers from going to prison. So now we're seeing that these politicians are having to put aside all pretense and actively participate in protecting murderers. You see, when the law prevails and the killers actually get convicted, well, in that case, then it's time to just say to hell with the jury process altogether, which is exactly what this is. Now, we need to discuss why it is that Greg Abbott's even in office why it is you have these legislatures who are passing these laws? It's because the Democrats stopped competing for state legislatures over 30 years ago. They became an inside-the-beltway party. That's why I call them a D.C.-based social club. When Democrats stopped competing for state legislatures, the Republicans seized on that vacuum, and they were able to win the majority of state legislatures, even though they are a minority of the population even in those states where they have the state legislatures. And you could tell that there was a program at work because each time the Republicans captured a majority in the state legislatures, they would immediately move to redraw the voting district maps for that state. And these were not small changes. They were drawing up voter district maps that were obviously meant to enshrine them in office forever. They were doing it openly. They would just gerrymander the states beyond all recognition and make it where their political minority was now impervious to elections. And even as the populations of the states changed and voters moved around, these GOP-controlled legislatures would simply change the voting district lines to whatever new configuration was necessary to maintain their legislative majority. And this pattern has played itself out in state after state. As soon as Republicans managed to get a 50.1% majority in a state legislature, they would immediately begin redrawing the state district maps. The next thing you know, the number of Republicans in the state legislature would skyrocket until they were predictably a supermajority. 
But that wasn't because the voters wanted them. It was because the Republicans drew up voter district lines that deliberately did voter caging. If you have 50,000 black people who live in an area, the Republicans would just declare, well, that's only one representative. You only are one district. On the other hand, if you were to have, say, five or six white residents who lived out of the six, the Republicans would declare, well, that's at least three voter districts. That's what they've been doing. But Republicans also had another plan in motion. In the few states where they had solidified their power, they would make the governor's office, that is the executive, into a super branch of state government. Like, say, in Florida, where DeSantis has been given the authority by the state legislature to arbitrarily remove any politician in the state from office. What that means is DeSantis, as the governor, has the ability to remove somebody not because they broke the law, but simply because they disagree with them. And it's also a matter of every elected official in the state becomes nothing more than basically a de facto employee of DeSantis. They serve at the governor's pleasure, not at the pleasure of the voters. The only way to override this would be to organize a series of statewide referendums. There's certainly precedent for this, even in Florida. Democrats were able to organize a statewide referendum to get rid of the Jim Crow-era legislation of the so-called odor felon ban. They could use statewide referendums to strip DeSantis of his dictatorial powers and to do this in other states. These are things that they could do, but they're not. And there's a good reason for that. One, Democrats are inside the Beltway Party. They tell their supporters that as long as they control Washington, they can override whatever legislation the Republicans do at the state level. But the problem with that logic is, how often have Democrats actually done that? The gay marriage law is about the only instance I can think of. Another hard reality to face is that the Democrats work for the same white financial interests that the Republicans do. Both parties serve the same master, whoring themselves for campaign cash. So as the Democrats see it, they absolutely need a way to goad their voters to the polls for reasons other than changing the wealth inequality in this country. And that being the case, Democrats realize that they need a threat that they can run against, a big one. One that will seem big enough that the voters can't demand economic changes first. We saw this in 2020 when Democrats totally ignored black people's demands for reparations and said, you have to vote Trump out. He's too dangerous to let him stay in office. That was saleable back in 2020. After all, the country had endured four years of Trump's <laughs> asinine behavior. There were more than enough black people who simply wanted to give him the middle finger and the ballot box was the perfect place to do it. They heard Kamala say that she refuses to do anything that's going to benefit black people, and many black folks still voted for the ticket with her as vice president anyway. But as I explained three years ago, that's a trick that only works once. Nonetheless, the Democrats still want to keep those donor dollars rolling in. But the amount of money that you can command depends on whether or not you can capture political office. And that's why they got to scare voters to the polls by doing nothing about all of this stuff the Republicans are doing. See, the Democrats are playing the same game as DeSantis and the white right. The Republicans tell their racist base to ignore their own pitiful financial condition and simply vote for the Republicans because black people are doing something. And Democrats tell their base, that is black people, that we have to ignore our own dire financial condition and vote for the Democrats no matter what because the Republicans are weaponizing the legislature. But what are the Democrats promised to do about that? Democrats haven't actually said what will happen after they take office. In fact, when it comes to that subject, they say nothing, which leads a reasonable person to conclude that's what they intend to do.
So no wonder we see all these racist white right wing nuts controlling legislatures going on these political rampages. Why shouldn't they? They understand that the Democratic leadership shares their values on race, especially as it pertains to black people, and is simply looking for a way to get their voters to the polls without actually having to do anything for them. So the GOP understands the Democrats are not trying to stop them. Instead, they're looking for a way to play off the GOP's extremist behavior as a means of manipulating their own base into voting without demanding anything. And even if they demand something, they won't stick to their guns because DeSantis is too dangerous, Abbott is too dangerous, Trump is too dangerous, fill-in-the-blank is too dangerous. There's always a new white right-wing nut boogeyman to be feared. This is the real reason that these racists have become so emboldened, as they see it, they're going down with their flag flying high. But even without the Democrats, they're still going down. And make no mistake, this will have to occur without the Democrats. This is proof positive that even down in Texas, the bad guys understand that they can't trust those juries anymore. So the handful of people who are asking why the new voices of black media were focusing on the Rittenhouse trial, you probably thought that you were sounding clever, but this shows yet again you don't know what you're talking about. You don't understand how proxy war works and why white power uses it so often. When you're only at war with a person or one particular group, you can only do it by coming straight up the middle. On the other hand, when you're at war with everything that someone or some group stands for, then as often as not, you'll get involved in proxy wars, attacking any people who are perceived as aligned with the same thing as the people who are your main targets. That's why the U.S. was so determined to win the Vietnam War and why the Soviet Union was so determined to win their war in Afghanistan in the 80s. Now, both the U.S. and Russia lost their respective proxy wars. The U.S.'s failure to win the war in Vietnam almost brought down the U.S. government. The Soviet Union's failure to win in Afghanistan was a key contributing factor that brought down the Soviet Union, dragging it into a war that they were financially unable to actually prosecute, and then undermined the Soviet military with a high-profile failure. We see another proxy war going on right now in Ukraine. The U.S. is using Ukraine to weaken and undermine Putin. Putin was a young KGB officer when the Soviet Union was fighting and losing their Afghan war. He remembered what happened in the aftermath of that defeat. He also knows that he won't be as lucky as Gorbachev was if he loses. We're seeing the same dynamic play itself out with the white right in the United States. This murder in Texas hasn't been sentenced yet, only convicted. So this isn't about Abbott thinking that this is some innocent person in prison or that he was denied due process. There's no question he committed the crime. He confessed. And this isn't about trying to win some election for Abbott either. There's no political profit in this for him. It's not going to get him any more votes. It won't expand his political base. In fact, it's going to make it shrink. This is the white supremacist accepting their inevitable demise. You do something like this as a middle finger to your enemies on your way out the door. Though this incident does beg the question. If Republicans are clearly willing to defy the law and pervert the course of justice to protect murderers who they know are guilty, why is it that no Democratic governors or presidents have made it a point to release black people who they know are innocent? Republicans are playing hard to their base, but at least they're doing something. Democrats refuse to do anything, not because they're scared of Republicans calling them soft on crime, but because they are in league with the forces of anti-black racism. I'm going to need my people to get over this idea that you have friends somewhere in either party. You don't. The Republican Party's far-right fringe base, they know that all of this performative extremism is just a political ploy. 
But what they're too dense to understand is that a large part of the electorate knows it too. All this phony racial outrage is the Republicans get out the vote effort. And while it may motivate the Chris Rufos and other bottom feeders, it won't motivate anyone else. That's what these jury verdicts are showing. These white right-wing nuts have far overestimated how much appeal they thought their performative extremism has. Instead of moving people into their column, it's moving people away from them. So this is what they're doing now. As they see it, they have nothing to lose. But they're wrong. Moves like this will cost them the one thing they crave most, power. And when you allow your fear and stupidity to cost you your power, that is an unpardonable crime. Good day and be one. I'd like to take a moment to mention some of our contributors. Andrew Murphy, Terrence Spencer, Janitra Howard, Sabrina, and Walter Hunter. Salute to them and thank you to everyone for listening, liking, and sharing this message. Black empowerment only exists because of you. What's up, Black family? Hayes and Nene here. Well, we got Brother Lasmore here. He has a few uh, new pieces of content. And you know the motto. I go through all of them and get it out to as many people as possible. Hope you enjoy it. I'm sure I will.
Some more content down here. Let's see what's going on. Oh, All right.
What's up, Black family? Hayes and Nene here. Well, we got Brother Lasmore here. He has a few uh, new pieces of content. And you know the motto. I go through all of them and get it out to as many people as possible. Hope you enjoy it. I'm sure I will. wants to go on for a while.
All right,
right, we got some more content. We're going to find that here in a minute. Bear with me. All right, this one's only nine minutes. <laughs> I love it. They families too.
some more here. Go ahead and find that. All right, this one. I thought y'all it's a duplicate. That's yeah. Right, I gotta start another live. This one's uh 42 minutes, so we'll be back. Okay. Mm-hmm. 